This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. What classic book have you never read? 651-641-1071. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. Hi. What classic book have you never, ever read? Why are we asking, Colleen? Okay, so go with me on a journey. Okay. Because this journey has many stops, but it's going to start. I'll just start it here. Um, I'm going to tell you a story about To Kill a Mockingbird. Great. And my husband has never read that book, and I cannot believe it. I cannot okay. believe he has gotten through 44 years of life and never, ever read To Kill a Mockingbird. Okay. So what classic book have you never read? 651-641-1071. Okay, so I told you this was going to be kind of a story about To Kill a Mockingbird. There's a there's an actress by the name of Mary Badham, and she was actually the actress who played the role of Scout in the movie version of To Kill a Mockingbird. Okay. Well, apparently, now I didn't even know this, Apparently, um, there's going to be a stage version it's of coming To Kill here. a Mockingbird. I didn't even yeah. know this. I think it's, it's been the next season. Broadway. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say it's touring. Um, I think it's it's either this season or next season. I don't know what season we're in right now, but it's it's on it's on its way. Okay, so I clearly missed that. Um, this one, by the way, is written by Aaron Sorkin. Um, anyway, she's going to be taking on another role in that in that story um, because she's an adult now. So she's going to be playing the uh, neighbor, Miss DuBose, Mrs. DuBose in To Kill a Mockingbird and the stage adaptation. So I thought, okay, that's really neat. But the end of the story I read about her, it's she, she shares that she never actually read the novel To Kill a Mockingbird um, until years and years after the she did the movie, after the movie came out. Mm. It wasn't until she had a child herself that she actually read the book. And I thought that is that is a that is a literary blind spot when the a person who actually played a role from the book on the big screen never even read the book until many, many years later. But I have a bunch of those literary blind spots, too, and I'm sure everybody does. 651-641-1071. What is the classic book that you've never read? Bradley, do you have one in, in mind? Oh, God. All of them? I mean, I, 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 you know, I love to read, and I read tons when I was a kid, even more so than I do today. Today, I'm always listening to podcasts and audiobooks. But that said, there was a lot of sort of like those canonical, you know, classics of um, the public school education that I mm -hmm. somehow missed. One of them is To Kill a Mockingbird, which is why I'm excited for the stage play, because... Uh, I know the story and I've seen the parts of the movie. I don't know that I've ever sat through the whole movie, but you know, that said, um, in addition to, to kill a mockingbird, one of them 
that always stood out to me and I was like, oh, I should read that. And I never did was Moby Dick. I was just going to say that one. Same thing. I actually don't even really know the story of Moby Dick. It's the whale, man. He was searching for the whale. But was it the whale? Okay, see, I don't have time time. for that. I don't have time for that. I'm just saying I don't have time for the... I can't. You don't have time for what? (laughs) I I can't think that hard about a book. Well, I always, that's the thing that always lost me in literature class is like, I loved reading, but then when they asked you to like interpret things, I was like, I don't got time for that. I was interested in the story. <laughs> yeah. I just I don't, looked at the way I it was metaphors. Written. Why do you need, why do I need to figure out metaphors? <laughs> I do not play along. Holly, who do we have on the line? Sharon's here. Hi, Sharon. I ended up on midday radio kids. Thank stay you. In school. Which is a metaphor for staying in school. Yeah. Hi, uh, Sharon. What, what's the classic book that you never read? Hello. She's still reading. Sharon. <laughs> what you Why sharing, Sharon? Aren't you sharing with us? Oh, well, Sharon did it's share okay. with Goodbye, me Sharon. that she never read Catcher in the Rye. Uh, neither have I. Oh, haven't read that either. Yeah, That's no. the one I was trying to remember earlier, you guys. Yeah, don't worry okay. about well, it. Yeah, isn't there. that a worry one? Isn't there like isn't that like a soldiery situation? No, that's like know. an existential so. romp through New York City. From that's the Kurt Vonnegut, or not Kurt Vonnegut? Who did Catcher in the Rye? J.D. Salinger. Salinger. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a very specific window in time in one's life experience when Catcher in the Rye might resonate, but that window has mm. passed for both you, Colleen, and Bradley. I'm just speaking Rude. on behalf of you. <laughs> Because I've read the book. <laughs> okay. Okay. So did you, you read? So I can feel fine about never reading. No. Oh, is that, that the is that the worry one? No. That's no. The great that's dep- the depression. That's a great story. Oh yeah. Nope. I haven't read that one. <laughs> um, I read the Jungle. Do you remember that book? Is that by Sinclair Upton Lewis Sinclair? Upton Sinclair. See, I mean, okay, that was like a Jeopardy category right there. Yeah. <laughs> Upton Sinclair Lewis. <laughs> Upton Sinclair um, Lewis. No, that's a nice before that, and after. But the jungle, is it the jungle? Is that what it's called? That's about yeah. meat. Meat packing. Yeah. That's, Oof, the, yeah, that's that the one that led to all book. the FDA restrictions. In fact, Thank he was God. trying to start a social movement and ended up just making our food healthier. Yeah. So we're Fun all fact, alive because of that. I just listened to a podcast that. about that Thank the you. other day. See, look at that. You don't even have to read the classics. You can just listen to podcasts about them. <laughs> it's true. Which, honestly, like, I wish that we had that opportunity. I would have rather have listened to a podcast about a book. Can I just say, I think kids, and, and you'll, you'll probably have this experience or are currently because you've got kids in school right now. And mm-hmm. I would be curious to see, because I, I bet you the canon, the, the sort of books that kids are reading now is so much more diverse than when Mm -hmm. we were in school Mm -hmm. and i bet that has probably led to a more joyful reading experience because i mean how many nathaniel hawthorne novels can Mm -hmm. you read and be like i don't what i don't know this was a thousand years ago (laughs) no i will say occasionally the kids they'll bring a book around and i'll say are you reading that for school and they'll say yeah and i'll I don't recognize the title. I don't recognize the author. I don't. Re- it's not what we were reading when we were in school. And then they'll start to tell me about it, and I will think, I, I wish we would have had that option. Um, although there are some that that they bring home that we did read. Like I don't know if did you read Hatchet when you were in elementary school? No. Oh yeah. Okay, I did. Did you did Holly? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're reading that. Um, 
they've read that, I should say. All of them have read that in a class. So it is, it's just interesting to see kind of how it ebbs and flows and what's considered kind of that rises to the level of curriculum now. Mm-hmm. Um, we certainly did not read all, like a lot of classics in school. Um, I would have had to work to read some of the big classics that everybody knows about because we weren't being assigned them. So put a pin in this, but I think a fun conversation, maybe we can have this one tomorrow, was like, what was the non-required reading that you did in high school mm. or in, in school? Because that was the fun, that's where the fun was, right? Oh, like agreed. that's when Because it just felt like a chore when it was, you know, tasked to you as a class. It which still is does. just my own particip- you know, personal opinion about the way <laughs> we were taught literature. But um, I don't know about you, but I went through a very specific like phase of my own personal reading, and I'm sure everybody can relate to that. Oh, so not to take us off topic, but no, but you're but you're absolutely right because here's the other thing, is that my kids, as much as I want them to read for enjoyment, they don't, and you can't force them to read for enjoyment. They they will find when they find the book that makes them want to read, then they will read for enjoyment. Well, and that's because you you started them early going to the library and all that. So they'll get there yeah. when they need it. Yeah, eventually, let's hope, fingers crossed. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, I think it's a logical time when we're talking about metaphors and interpretation. Um, we should talk about Kanye West. Uh We'll talk about Kanye and his latest artistic video when we come back after this on My Talk 1071. It's cool. we get to the news, the latest from Kanye West on the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. Well, hello. We had set a goal for our show, for the three hours of our show, the Colleen and Bradley show today, Hi. to help our friends uh, at Alight with the uh, the efforts that we've put together. They are, they're working on the border uh, in Poland for Ukraine. We have put a goal forth for our show to raise $42,000 total during our show. We are 2500 $51 away from that. And we only have about an hour and a half left of the show, an hour and 40 minutes left of the show. So everybody get out there. Every little bit helps. Um, this is a great way to help our friends at Alight do the doable for the people of Ukraine uh, who are finding themselves displaced due to the war that's happening right now as we sit on this radio station and talk about Kanye West. Uh, so please head over to mytalk1071.com, click there, and um, and continue to be generous. And thank you so much to all of you who have already donated. Okay, Bradley. Do you want to add anything? Oh, about a light? Just go make those contributions because every single dollar is going to directly benefit people with things they need as told to us by them. <laughs> like meaning yes. you can trust that that money is going to great purpose. Okay, now let's talk about Kanye West. Okay, so we need to talk about Kanye. You'll remember he did that Pete Davidson video or there was a video for his song Easy. I think it was easy yeah yeah and um in the video there's like this claymation pete davidson and it just seems like he's kind of being uh mean to pete i'm just gonna mm. leave it at that and a lot of people are like i'm a little concerned well he has responded to everybody's like and it's mm. his response that i find interesting mostly because there is no response any longer he responded and then, and then unresponded. he deleted it i love it when they do that 
So on, oh, just a couple days ago, he went to Instagram and said the following. And I don't know uh, what the, if there was an image attached or if this was a story situation that just disappeared. Here's what he said with words on Instagram. Quote, art is therapy, just like this view. Art is protected as freedom of speech. Art inspires and simplifies the world. Art is not a proxy for any ill or harm. Any suggestion otherwise about my art is false and malintended. So basically, Kanye just did what celebrities often do when uh, people have concerns about things they've done. He blamed us. Yeah. He's basically gaslighting uh, people who were concerned about the way he presented Pete Davidson in that video. And again, I don't know what the purpose... I mean, I... I love art, and I'm willing to give artists incredible license. Some of my like, best dude, friends are art. Some of my best friends are art. I wash my hair first. I'm an intellectual artist, based That's on true. Colleen's special powers. We'll tell you later, Holly. Okay, um, uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, the, the moral of the story is like I'm fine with all that. I don't have any argument with that, but I don't think that's what he is doing here. I think when you put a claymation figure of the man that your ex-wife, whom you've said you want back in one of your videos and appear to do him harm either by word or deed or intention, people have a reason to be concerned. So don't call out the people who are concerned and make them feel like they're doing something wrong explain to us why you did that thing. Yes. And if you don't want to, that's fine too. Just stay silent as an artist and say, I don't owe you any explanation for the work that I do. But I don't think that's what's going on here. Um, that, that has been a, th a thing I have found really frustrating. It seems like there's a misconception, um, I don't know, I'm just going to say in the world, of, you know, doing something for art's sake doesn't mean that you don't have to own what it may mean to certain groups of people true or that you that you don't it, it doesn't you can't just say write something off as well it was art or it's sort of like my kids will say things that are offensive or rude or mean and then they'll follow it with and this is just part of growing up and we all did it too they'll follow it up with i was just joking well, okay, but it wasn't funny to certain people. Yeah, and if so somebody's you, offended by your joke, that's a lesson. Yeah. That's an opportunity to, to reflect on what... This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What you said.
and then engage in the conversation around it, right? And that's that to me is what art should do is provoke a conversation and to just say it's art, leave it alone. That's an excuse. That's not an actual artist statement. An artist statement would engage a conversation. Also to act that art happens in a vacuum to me is like kind of misguided. So when he says, and again, we're talking about Kanye and I love that we're having like sort of, um, you know, deep uh, Kanye thoughts, art history conversations um, on the Colleen and Bradley show (laughs) um, is hilarious. But he says specifically artist therapy, just like this view, you know, the view on Instagram art is protected as freedom of speech. Art inspires and art simplifies the world. Art is not a proxy for any ill or harm. Art doesn't happen in a vacuum. Sometimes art is a proxy for ill or harm based on how the art was created or where it was created from. And it doesn't always inspire. Sometimes it has the opposite effect. Sometimes it doesn't simplify the world. And in fact, I would argue more times than not, art complicates the world. And that's not necessarily a bad thing either. Mm -hmm. Also, yeah, art is protected as freedom of speech, but that doesn't remove responsibility from the artist to be you know, accountable for the things they put out into the world. You can't Mm -hmm. yell. I'm not saying he's yelling fire in a crowded theater, but I'm just saying there's a responsibility that comes along with art. And no, you don't owe an obligation of an explanation to anyone about your art, but don't be surprised then that people are going to question it. I mean, that's kind of the conversation, right? You create art, people react, you create more art, people continue to Mm -hmm. react Yes, you do more art like you don't need to then to yell or, you know, to sort of passive aggressively tell people if they don't get it, it's their problem. Right. No, it's a dialogue. So yeah. join it. But you're not, which tells me. I mean, it's not our those things unless it was a story and then it disappeared on its own. So that's, you know, whatever. Oh, Kanye. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, more celebrities behaving badly. We call them. D-Bags. We'll tell you about them after this on My Talk 1071. Celebrities behaving badly. We love to tell you about them on the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. Hello. And uh, we have a name for those celebrities behaving badly, and that name is D-Bags. <laughs> Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Thanks for asking. Welcome. My my D-bag is someone that I have enjoyed seeing on the small screen for many years, so it makes me sad to say it, but his name is John Barrowman. You may not recognize that name, Mm -mm. but if you are a fan of Doctor Who, if you are a fan of the spinoff series, um, which I can't remember off the top of my head right now, what was the name of that dumb spinoff series? Doctor When? (laughs) Doctor Doctor How? (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, in fact, John Barrowman Torchwood, sorry, it was going to drive me nuts if I didn't get it. Um, Anyway, he's an an actor and he is over in the UK. He's very famous there. A lot of people know him and he has a scandal in his own uh, life that we can talk about. But the reason that I selected him for D-bag status today is because he is going to be a star witness in the case against Kevin Spacey. that and we can talk about that particular case but he essentially will be uh a star witness for kevin spacey 
in that case involving Anthony Rapp's allegation against Kevin Spacey. Remember, Kevin Spacey was alleged to have forced himself on Anthony Rapp when Anthony, I think, was just 14 14? back in the 80s. Well, according to this article, and I didn't know this, but um, Anthony and John both went to meet uh, Kevin Spacey at around this time. And so I would imagine they don't give you a lot of details about what exactly he knows or what exactly he's going to testify to. But he's being considered a star witness for Kevin. So you have to imagine that he's going to somehow say, like, I don't I didn't see anything bad or what have you. And look, I don't know what the real story is, because John Barrowman can tell people what he saw or didn't see. And then a jury will decide for themselves who they think is telling the truth, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. But I just thought when I read the story, um, dude, this is not the headline you want right now. And I say that because he's been removed from some jobs uh, lately because of a scandal involving back in the day. And I think this was on the set of Doctor Who. He actually, he was flashing some stuff. And I don't. Wolf? (laughs) Do you want to say that again for the audience? Wolf? (laughs) Yes. His junk. Okay. His uh, his junk. So I'm like, That's nasty. Also, mm-hmm. Kevin Spacey, do you want the guy who just got kicked off Strictly? I think it's that Strictly Come Dancing show over in the UK. Um, he he was uh, dismissed from that show because of this this scandal about allegations of um, he. Uh, oh, gosh, I wish I could give you the actual um, what he was alleged to have done. But from what I remember reading, it involved him pulling. Uh, he had to do nude scenes or like close to nude scenes. Oh, and he took he, it out of the sack. And he was like, okay, uh, okay. what? They put everything in a little bag. And I'm just wondering if he maybe untied the drawstring. Yeah, he, he, that's, I mean, part of, partly what he did and what he said at the time was, and this is what I just find. Okay. So when you boil everything down, the thing that really just sticks out is like, you're like, he tries to say it was a different time back then. I think we know what sticks out. (laughs) (laughs) It was a different time back then. And um, people basically, you know, I just wanted to like, I don't know, sort of, um, you know, like get rid of some of the tension on the set. And I was just having fun and being silly. You get the impression that he's the kind of guy who thought like, I'm the popular kid or I'm the like star. I can get away with things or I can like, like, I'm going to you know, have fun with you guys. And nobody else thinks it's fun, right? Right. So he's like, this whole nude filming scene or nude scene filming is stressful. Well, here, I'm going to make it less stressful by making jokes, by pulling out my wiener. Like, no. And then people were like, yeah, so here's the thing. That doesn't actually break the ice (laughs) or, you know, bring down the level of of tension on the set. That just just makes things uncomfortable and awkward for everyone involved. But he tries to play it off as like it was a different time. And he even says, I wouldn't have done those things now. Well, okay, if you wouldn't have done them now. Why'd you do them then? And then he has a conversation about cancel culture. So when when you take all of that and see that he's now going to be a star witness for Kevin Spacey, Mm -hmm. you just, I mean, well, it kind of, I mean, I'll just say it. It it sounds like he's trying to normalize some of his behaviors by normalizing other people's behaviors. Maybe. 
also I'm just saying it's just an awkward optical situation for someone who lives their life in the public eye. Can I also just all points bulletin here? If if you are in an uncomfortable situation and you're trying to make it more comfortable, taking out your junk <laughs> is the wrong that's the like, wrong even direction. On a date that's not a good yes, idea like I, it's hey, never ever i can tell we're kind of tense right now <laughs> look i can make a shadow puppets out of my wiener I, like don't just don't do it it never is the right it's never the right choice yeah, the only time there should be shadow puppets I, is, hearing, what is that i don't know did you hear that colleen i did hear that okay and i was wondering if it came from me no did, it was some oh. random music I'm wondering if somebody's not playing in a studio somewhere. Oh, that could be. And that's why we're hearing things. <laughs> it happens. Oh. Okay. Uh, don't worry about it, everybody. We're professionals and we'll be fine. Uh, okay. So do you want to know who my... Yes. Who's your D-bag? D-bag is... My D-bag is Aunt Anstead. Oh, from the uh, publicationship known as... Zanstead. Uh, Zanstead. I'd forgotten because yeah. those two are kind of, you know, tired. Well, not, yeah, not, uh, so she's actually ramping up. So you know how a public, they're a publicationship and it's Aunt mm -hmm. Anstead and Renee Zellweger. And up until, you know, well, for the most of the majority of their relationship, he's always the one talking. Um, Cause and he's got as, a show. Exactly. Well, it turns out uh, maybe right now is the point where the publicationship is going to work in Renee Zellweger's uh, favor because tonight is the premiere of her new show. Uh, I believe it's on, yeah, it is. It's on NBC. It's called The Thing About Pam. Have oh, you yeah. heard about this at all? I have. I have only because the media is obsessed with the way she looks because she uses a lot of prosthetics. Mm -hmm. So she portrays uh, a woman, a killer, by the name of Pam Hupp. This is a true story. Yeah. Um, and from she's, the headlines. And it really, I mean, it really is. Uh, I read, I read a, I think I read like a People Magazine article about it. I didn't know this story and I read it and it really is about essentially kind of an unsuspecting, I'm, I'll say housewife, even though I hate that word. Um, who has been convicted of murder, and um, it was all to try to claim insurance money. It's mm. just, it's an awful story. It's terrible. And Renee Zellweger plays the role of Pam Hupp. Well, to your point, Bradley, she has a lot of prosthetics in this role. She wears what they typically call in the business a fat suit. And um, she has a whole bunch of other kind of facial work that she had to do um, in makeup for this role so that she could inhabit this character in a pretty true way. Yeah. Well, Aunt Anstead uh, is congratulating his girlfriend for her wonderful work Aww. on the show, The Thing About Pam. Oh, I know. It's so sweet. Uh, <laughs> and he took to Instagram and said... Um, uh, this this is one bonkers crazy story coming March eighth to NBC. So he's literally writing a promotional, yeah, Instagram for his girlfriend's show. Link in bio, like absolutely, totally paid content. And then he writes an epic cast, including the smoke show Ren. That's what he calls his girlfriend Renee Zellweger. Oh, I love that we're with the breathe now. Yeah, we save time by a breathe, and then he follows it with. Please leave the wardrobe at work. <laughs> okay. Anyone? Okay. Okay. Don't, Good job. don't even think about bringing that fat suit home. 
is oh. what he's saying to her. Okay. It's just Awkward. gross. It's we get it. Okay. It's so you do just enough. Enough. Leave those mom jeans at home. Right? It just it was just off. it was just gross. Well, yeah, she and I was grossed out. Like she does not look anything like her, but um, now you're offending the actual woman, although isn't she a killer? So I don't know. But yeah, but any woman who looks like her, you're now saying right. no which thanks. She, which she inside looks, thought, inside thought. Yes, she looks like a typical. I mean, you know, she looks like a typical woman. She looks like a typical mom who murders people. I guess. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. But actually, maybe say a... leave the murder at home. Yes, I hope how about she doesn't that? Kill about... me tonight. Happy right. International Women's Day. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank also, you. I've read some of the reviews about this show, and while yeah. at first blush it looks like, um, it looks like a really interesting show to watch, I am not hearing that it is that great. Oh. I heard okay one review that um that regarded it as cartoonish which is not what i think you want from your real crime where is this airing on nbc tonight oh, okay. yeah i mean i don't i don't really well that's my own uncomfortable opinion what i wouldn't you don't expect really like much murder? out of you love murdery stuff i would not expect much out of network true oh, crime sure because they just can't sure. get you know yeah, it has to be kind of cartoonish. It has to be disnified because you've got to, you know, the TV is on for all ages, even yeah. though it's at night. So they can probably be a little more, you know, boundary pushing. But they're still, you know, it's still going to be a little saccharine, probably. Yeah, they're still. Right. We want our crime crimey. Yeah, What'd you, you say, Hans? I was just going to say you're still confined. I mean, you you, you get a yeah. Dennis Franz butt cheek every once in a while, but. Mm. Do you even anymore? Do you get yeah, butt cheeks on TV? That is true. On network TV? I don't think I've seen a butt cheek in a long time on network TV. Mm. I will say I like that they, they let gay people be gay on TV. Oh, absolutely. Shonda you should watch Grey's Anatomy. Well, I was going to say, Shonda Rhimes specifically, she's done a few different shows with you know openly gay characters who like actually get romantical. And you're mm -hmm. like, oh my God. As a kid who grew up never seeing such things, I was amazed. Right. right. <laughs> Sorry, sidetrack. But maybe no butt cheeks. Sorry about it. Okay. When well, we Ant, return, Anstead is fine with that. If yeah, he doesn't want to see that Pam's butt cheek. Don't bring that home. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, as if you haven't had enough d bag, we've got more for you. Uh, we're gonna do a little d bag double down after this on My Talk 107.1. This is the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 107.1. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. Yeah, hi. hi. There he is. Um, and before we get to our D-Bag Double Down, um, in honor of the fact that our wonderful listeners have been so generous by donating at mytalk1071.com uh, to our, our partnership with Alight to help um, the people of Ukraine. By the way, we're over 40000 Pew, 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 pew. $40,039. We need to get to 42000 before the end of the show. We're going to do it. Um, but in light of that generosity, um, I think I'm having a little bit of a generous feeling. Are you, Brantley? Let's do it. What are we giving Let's away? Give away. Oh, yes. We are, we are giving away a pair of tickets to New Kids on the Block Mixtape yes. Tour 2022. Not only do you get NKOTB, but you get Salt and Peppa, Rick Astley, and Envo coming to the XL Energy Center June 14th. Tickets are on sale now, but you could get a pair of tickets if you're caller number four. 651 641 1071. 
lucky caller number four. And now, let's get to that D-Bag Double Down. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... (coughs) I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Who is it, Bradley? It's Alec Baldwin. Pew, pew. And I do mean pew. Um, Alec, I would just like to ask you to shut it. Literally, you're making yourself sound like the biggest uh, bleep word. And this isn't the first (laughs) time. And I know you're asking, like, what did he say? I'm going to get there. But he basically says that people are suing him because he has money. And this all involves, of course, of course, the shooting death of Helena Hutchins and the case, I believe, being brought by Helena Hutchins family. But they're not alone. There are actually multiple lawsuits. And Alex showed up at a film festival. And that's why we're talking about this story today at the boulder international film festival in colorado this was over the weekend and he said um that he remains hopeful that he the facts when the facts come out we will not be held criminally responsible for the shooting um but but he mm, said and it's a big but and it's a big but because i think we talked a little bit about this story yesterday uh vaguely but more in the context of hillary leaving social media social yeah, yeah. media yeah um, here's he he rambles and I thought of playing the video, but there's only just a tiny bit that's relevant. So I'll just tell you what he said. And this was on some footage at the festival. So this is Alec again. He's at a film festival talking about the Rust incident and how he's the victim of people suing him um, for the wrong reasons. Can but okay. Can you just hold that for a moment? Yep. I'm trying. <laughs> from the beginning, from the moment this happened, everybody has put out, besides all the anguish and suffering, horrible feelings we have. And of course, there are two victims and nobody else is a victim, so to speak. We've dealt with a situation where specific people are not as interested in finding out what really happened. What you have is a group of litigants on whatever side, what? who their attitude <laughs> is, well... The people who likely seem negligent have enough money. And the people who have money are not negligent. But we're not going to let that stop us from doing what we need to in terms of litigation. He then goes on to say, why sue people if you're not going to get money? That's what they're doing. So he's essentially saying, nobody sues you if you don't have money. They're not suing the people who are actually responsible. They're just suing the people with the money, a.k.a. me. Right. And others. But um, him specifically, he's basically saying, I'm a victim 
of people suing the wrong person. Can you tell oh. the audience, Colleen, why that's a problem? <laughs> because he's not a victim. There is one main victim, and her name is Helena Hutchins, and she's no longer with us. And the other victims are her family, including her husband and her child, who now have to live without their wife and mother. And for him to put himself forward though as though we should feel sorry for him he he i oh he's so gross yeah it's just it's here's another case and just you know to simplify it remember this is not the first time this is now the second time that he has jumped into the middle of this story and said mm -hmm. look at me i'm a victim and yes. you know he can say that he's you know that there's only one victim or two victims in this case whatever like you can say that but then you can't dot 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 However, I'm also a victim. You can't, right. like, you I'm, can't do I'm that. smart enough to see what you're doing, Alec Baldwin, and it just makes you, this whole experience, you showed up at an international film festival to talk about an ongoing, not only murder investigation, or the investigation of, well, I don't know if they qualified this as a murder, so now I don't either. Um, my ignorance um, is being shined a light on. But the, the, the point I'm trying to make is simply that um, Alec Baldwin is now inserting himself in the middle of something that he's not a victim of and trying to get empathy from the crowd, an audience at a film festival for this. Like, I just don't understand. Like, go to the film festival. Maybe if you want to say, like, it's a very, you know, like, this is a horrible time for everyone. I There are still many unanswered questions. I don't know what the future holds in terms of litigation. I My heart goes out to the family blah 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 right like oh there's a there's a there's so many ways better he ways can to talk do about this. this or he could not right, talk but, about it at all well Thank that you. is i mean that, that is my approach <laughs> that is also what should be his approach right because he can't ever say the right thing but you know here's the this is the part that i get like this is the part that I don't know. I, I don't I don't even want to say it bothers me. Early on in all of this, I felt some feeling toward Alec Baldwin of sadness or like understanding of how absolutely terrible it must feel to have been the person oh, yeah. holding the weapon that was responsible you ultimately can for her with death. That, right? Like for sure. Accidents happen. Yes. And if I, indeed I, it's an accident or at least early on. Right. I, all I'm saying is I understand, you know, and feel yeah. I empathize with your empathy. Thank you. No, but I really truly did feel like I, I compassion toward him for the feeling of of um having been in that traumatic experience. The more he talks, the, the less, less I feel that way. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think I'm alone. No, um, absolutely not. Oh, it just, it's disgusting. He showed he up tries to, talk. to put himself, oh, well, I can't. Yeah, he showed up before the family of the deceased to talk about the effect of the tragedy. Yeah. Of which that should tell you for. everything you need to know about Alec Baldwin. Why is a D-bag? When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, we are going to fill in the blank. You're so rich, you need a room for blank. We'll tell you what that all means and talk about it after this on My Talk 1071.